When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and today I'm joined by Fraser Wilson of Daily Record Sport and I'm delighted to say that we're also joined today by a very special guest, John Daly from across the Irish Sea. Uh, John is now working as assistant manager at St Pat's and he had a stellar career in Scotland, of course, winning the Scottish Cup with Dundee United, where he was a cult hero and later spent a couple of seasons at Ibrox. And today we want to speak to him about the pre-contract signing of John Souter, which was announced uh, on Friday there. Uh, John Daly played alongside John Souter, of course, at Tanadice. Uh, when he made his breakthrough, and then later uh, when he was working as a coach at Hearts. John, I put good morning to you, first of all, John. Yeah, good morning. Thanks very much for having me on. When I put a search in uh, for John Daly and John Souter, the first headline that came up was, John Daly is the right man for hearts, says John Souter. I think this was when you were interim coach. He was tightening oh, right, you for the okay. job. So there is either a very healthy mutual respect there or how much did you pay him to say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, um, yeah, I, I still owe him that 20 quid that I said I'd give him for saying it. So, um, no, no, look, so, so. In all seriousness, there must be a mutual respect there. You were a senior player when he was coming through at Dundee United and you then obviously did work with him when you were at heart. So clearly there is a, a respect there. Yeah, definitely. I I was in and around the Dundee United team. I think I was the captain of the team when he broke through at Dundee United. Um, and then I was obviously on the coaching staff when he, he signed for Hearts. So, and you could see he was always going to be a talented player. He had he was unbelievable as a as a player. He had uh, great ability. So, um, when I went in the Hearts, obviously Craig Levine had known him coming through at, at Dundee United as well. So. Um, I was part of the coaching team when he came to Hearts as well. So, um, so yeah, there's obviously that that respect there. He probably looks up to me because I was a club captain, um, and I obviously admire admire him for the player that he is and and for the person that he is, and um, and obviously where where you can see that he's going to go as well. So, um, listen, he's he's a top top guy and a top player as well. Yeah, and still only twenty five, which I think sometimes. You forget because obviously because he broke through so young, it just seems as if he's been around forever. Yeah, he does. I think um, when he broke through at sixteen, you could see that he was going to have a future in the game. Um, but yeah, you're right. It does seem like he's been around a long, long time. You know, because he's obviously started at such a young age. You know, you, a centre back, it's very, it's probably very difficult to break through. It's a position that that managers will probably always look for experience. Um, mm-hmm. So to break in at 16 um, and, and, you know, I think managers will sometimes stick younger players in and give them that, that you know, couple of games and then they'll come back out. But he's 
he's kind of went into the team and, and been in there and he's, he's obviously played over a couple of hundred games now which which is fantastic John it's quite easy to, to start at the start with John Suter because he, he, made, he, he has that record as the youngest ever debutant at Dundee United uh, what was it nine years and 14 days ago it was he was thrown in at just 16 years and 99 days old for a, a new firm derby against Aberdeen up against Scott mm-hmm. Vernon I mean that that says a lot about the young guy's character at that stage. But were you confident he had the attributes to handle that occasion back then? I think technically, yes. You could see that, like he was, he was technically a very, very good player, and um, you know, being able to step in with the ball, his range of passing, he was comfortable taking the ball as as a centre back. Um, but I, I think for a number of years, probably, I think, and he probably tell you himself, he was probably questioned on his desire to defend um, but as a 16 year old kid playing against men it's it's probably a bit harsh and a bit unfair to to say that he's he's probably not a strong defender or he's not um, he's not aggressive you know he's still he was still a kid and that for me is always as a centre back that always comes as you as you grow and as you you learn the game and um, and I think probably coming to hearts when he did probably helped him, you know, Christoph Berra there, who's who's the ultimate warrior defender, um, you know, stick his head on anything to defend. Um, so, so, so playing alongside probably a uh, big Berra for a number of years has probably rubbed off on him. And, and I think you could see that in the training at Hearts, especially when, um, you know, when you'd, you'd be doing exercises or defending drills and you would see he, he he loved putting himself in front of shots and he, he actually got you could see he started to get a buzz out of you know stopping someone scoring a goal and um and I do I do think you a lot of credit probably goes down to Christoph for that. Mm-hmm. Well I mean Rangers have obviously now signed him in a pre-contract. It's a kind of awkward situation because as it stands Hearts reportedly want reportedly want five hundred thousand pounds for him to go now if Rangers don't pay that, and uh, you know sometimes these fees start high and then come down a bit, uh, but but if if come February the first he's still a Hearts player, um, and Hearts are actually due to go to Ibrox just d- days later, how do you think you'll cope with that? I think. Listen, I think it's it's a lot of money to pay for somebody who's out of contract in six months. He is a fantastic player. Um, they've done really well to to get him on a pre-contract because uh, obviously there was a lot of interest in him. Um, but it's like any any football player that signs a pre-contract. You know, it's it's your job. He's contracted to Hearts until the end of the season, and you know he's as I said, he's he's a good character. He's he's a good good person, and he's gonna see out that contract as long as he's there, and he's gonna give everything he can for Hearts. He's you know he's gonna go there, and obviously. Do his best. Obviously, it's it's a difficult situation. Um, you can't shy away from that fact. It's it's going to be a tough one. Um, but as I said, he he is the type of character that will probably just you know get the head down and get on with it. Can you understand Hearts fans' anger? A lot of them point to the fact they had this really serious injuries. Um, people say the club stood by him, but I suppose if he's under contract, that's what a club has to do. But do you think, you know, is it wrong for fans of Hearts to think he should have been more loyal because of the time he missed with injury? 
Is that is that too? Yeah, this is obviously one that that sometimes I, like kind of is a bugbear with me. You know about the loyalty issue. I think you know it's a short short career for footballers. Like them injuries could have could have quite easily been the end of John Suter's career. Um, he's obviously worked extremely hard to get back. Um, and you know I think. When you when you look at that, yes, the club stood by him, but you know why did the club stand by him? You know you ha- that's what I would ask. Why did the club stand by John Sewer? It's because because he's a fantastic player. You know mm-hmm. if 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 John wasn't as good as he was, he wouldn't have been offered another contract. So it works both ways. Like it's not just John um, not being loyal to the club. You know, the club have been loyal to him and stood by him because they see him as an asset going forward and they see that they can get him back fully fit. They could probably make make money off the back of him. There's plenty of players in the game that get long-term injuries that don't get let looked after by the club, but nobody ever then calls the club out for not being loyal to the players. So, yeah. you know, I look at it, I think it has, you have to look at it both ways. Um, I think I think he's, he's obviously been loyal by staying there. When he did, he could have probably went. I think the injuries... If he hadn't had the injuries, Hearts would have cashed in on him a long, long time ago. So, um, so yeah, I think you have to give credit to Hearts for sticking by him. But I do, I do think they've obviously done it because because he's he's a top player. So, yeah, yeah. Just on those injuries, John. I mean, I suppose it's a testament to his character that he's come back for three such serious injuries, and that that character will be needed going into a club the size of Rangers. The did you see his uh, that character close up, for instance, in the gym when it when he was fighting back through those injuries? Yeah, listen, he's 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 a hard working kid, and he's got. I think when you get injuries like that, it's important that you have good people around you, and he's got. He's from a good family, um, you know. So his his mum and dad are, are very supportive. I've, I've met them numerous times when they've been at games, and. You know, he's got a very supportive family there that, that would have helped him through that. Does when you get them types of injuries, you have got dark days where you just don't see the end of the tunnel and um they're the days that you need the people around you to really, you know, dig in and um he would have had the best support from his family which would have helped him through it and um and then and then it becomes how much you really want to come back. And I think to, to do what he's done and come back from them injuries and, and get himself back in in the Scotland setup and um, and to then get a move off the back of that um, injury, off the injuries he's had, I think is is fantastic, and and it does show the the strength of his character. And you know, as you said earlier about um, about will he be able to handle playing in front of disgruntled fans at, at Tynecastle? Like I think, you know, he'll just have to look back to the days when he was in the gym, probably thinking he'd never play again. And 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 you know, I'm sure I'm sure that'll be just a, a walk in the park for him. It's one thing playing in front of disgruntled Hearts fans. It's another thing playing in front of 50,000 Ibrooks. You've done it. Uh, what kind of mentality does that take? I mean, not everybody can play for Rangers or the Celtic, the old firm. Um, it takes a special type. Has he got it? Yeah, I think so. I think, listen, I think most fans are, are always expectant. Every club wants to see their team do well and um, you've obviously got a larger a larger number when you sign for the likes of Rangers when you sign for Celtic. It's, so it's obviously that little bit more pressure to deal with. But you know he's 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 well equipped for that. He's he's played in front of twenty odd thousand at, at Tynecastle um, most weeks. 
Um, and then obviously the international setup as well. He's been involved with that, so um, I've no doubts he's 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 well capable of dealing with that. Yeah. It's a well-worn path, isn't it, between um, Gorgie and Govan? There's been a, a number of even centre-halves going through Hearts to Rangers and, and also the other way. Do, do you think Tynecastle, Edinburgh Derby's the, the intense atmosphere at Tynecastle does does prepare players for that step up to playing in front of 50,000? Yeah, listen, I think when you look outside of, um, obviously, Celtic Rangers, you have, you've got Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, that are, are massive, massive clubs, Dundee United, that, that that rivalry between the, the clubs, when you're playing them games, it's it's obviously not as, um, there's not as many probably people at the game, obviously, but it's still just as intense, the build up, everything around it is just as intense. And then when you go on the pitch, you, you know, the what's around you is kind of forgotten and you try and just focus on the game. And, um, you know the Edinburgh derbies that that he would have been involved in most certainly will will have have given that um, probably taste of what to go and expect. I don't know how much you've watched of Connor Goldson, John, but there's kind of speculation over his future. He's the opposite. He could do what a John Suter has uh, has done by signing a pre-contract because he's only got six months left. So John Suter's seen as a kind of tailor-made replacement. Do you think he could? Have you seen much of Goldson and, and and do you think John could step into his shoes? Yeah, I think so. I think he could. Um, I think Goldson is again is another, another really good centre-back. Um, probably haven't seen as much as him um, as I have of, of John, but um, the, I think he obviously the way Rangers want to play and they want to play from the back and they want to control the ball. I think, you know, for me, there's not many better than John Seward in the league to do that and I think that they've gone and, and recruited him for next season and obviously it might happen beforehand depending on what happens within the next couple of weeks I think is a fantastic bit of business from, from Rangers mm-hmm. um, I was uh, when you think of last season you know and the scenes when Rangers won the league I mean you have it you obviously had you know, your spell at Rangers when things weren't going so well off the park and they were trying to get back to that step. How much did, 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 how much did you enjoy seeing that, knowing where the club had been and the difficulties they faced to get to there? Did you take great joy in that? Yeah, of course. You always want to see the clubs you've been at do well and uh, that's no, no different for me when I look at Rangers. It's, it's, I had a fantastic time there and um, a lot of really good people there that I enjoyed working with and, and got to know and got to meet and, and obviously made some some really good friends from my time there. So, you know, to see them actually go and, and, and win the league and, and to see them doing really well and back where, you know, when you were there, when, when I was there, should I say, um, you, knew, you could look the club, you know the history of the club, you know where they've been and, and where they want to go and, and we, we kind of knew that they weren't going to be in that situation for a long time. So, um, so to be part of it and, and to help, I suppose, was 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 great. Um, it was, as I said, it was a good time in my career. Um, coming off the back of probably my most successful time at, at Dundee United, so um, it was it was great to go to a club like Rangers and, and experience playing in front of fifty thousand and and to help them on the, on that journey back to to the top. And and yeah, when when they won the league, I was obviously quite happy for them. Um, when I've seen it and, and you obviously want to wish them all the best again going forward. You know, it's obviously a, it's a big prize this year for winning the league. So um, they've given themselves the, the best chance of doing that. Yeah. yeah. And really, sorry, Gavin. 
they blew everybody away last season, breaking records uh, right, left and centre. But uh, don't again run without us more of a challenge this season, John. Do you think uh, the Giovanni Van Bronckhorst boost has uh, just come in at the right time to to to, to regalvanise them almost? Possibly, I think. Like you, you can't take away from what Steven Gerrard has done. He's he's obviously um, taken them at a difficult time, and and he's he's rebuilt the squad, and um, and then obviously won the league uh, essentially at the end of that, and. Um, I think probably a lot. I'm sure it's been spoken about before, but a lot has to be said about, you know, no fans in the stadium and you know the impact that has um, on the player and, and on the actual the league itself. It's it's obviously a totally different environment when you play, uh, you know, behind closed doors effectively. And um, you know now with the fans back in, it's then it's obviously a different pressure. You know, you, when you're when you're at two nil up or, or at Ibrox or two one, and they score and make a two one, you know the fans can get get a bit um, disgruntled and they can get a bit bit nervous, and it can it can then transfer onto the pitch. But when when you're playing behind closed doors and that happens, it there's not the same pressure. It's not the same. Um, it's not the same effect that it has, I suppose, if the opponent scores. So. Um, so yeah, listen. I think the the two the two seasons are totally different in in that sense in terms of the fans being back in. And I think the way things were kind of going, you could see Stephen Gerrard was probably looking to move. He'd been linked with Newcastle and obviously linked with Villa before he got it. So I think they they done well to move quickly and 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 get uh, Van Bronckhorst in and um, you know someone that knows the club and, and knows the expectations of the fans and and the history and what's expected there. When you look back on your own time in Rangers, John, do you wish you had been there when it was a more stable time? Um, yeah, you kind of do. But then at the same time, like when when I was there, like you weren't really aware of the stuff going on off the park. You know, the manager was was very good in terms of shielding you away from all the the stuff off the park. So um, I wasn't totally aware of all the stuff. It was more probably when you step away from it and you you actually look back that you've you seen there was a lot going on off the park so yeah it would have been fantastic to play there when they were when they were at the top but then again I'm quite realistic to think that if they were at the very top then would I have been there they probably went would have went out and bought a, a striker that was probably worth a lot more than me and probably could do a lot more things that I, I couldn't do so um you know their their situation and where they were probably you know gave me that opportunity to go and play for the for a fantastic club like Rangers. Yeah. I think there's a, a massive old firm looming, um, unless international football leads to call off. But uh, what, am I right in saying you were involved in one old firm, John? Uh, your time at Rangers uh, in the cup, yeah, we came on a half down. Yeah, sorry. What was your memories of that day? I mean, how, how big an occasion is it for a player? Can you put it into words? Yeah, it was obviously ma- a massive occasion. It was, um, but I think you could see the gulf between the squads then. It was it was massive. It's obviously a lot tighter now, um, and and on the day we didn't we didn't perform, so it was a bit of a, a damn script to be honest with the way the way the day went, and it's obviously very disappointing. Um, so yeah, it would have, it would have been it would have been a lot better if we had have actually probably turned up on the day and and performed a lot better. But um, that wasn't to be. And as I said, I think the difference between the squads at that stage was was quite big. Um, you know, now they've they've closed the gap massively and obviously gone ahead. So 
Um, there's a lot, a lot more um, competition between the teams now. Did the golf that day make you realise just what a big job and what a journey Rangers had completed to get back to the top because you knew how big it was then? Yeah, I think so. I think when you've seen it then, look, you know, you don't. It's not that far and that long ago when you actually think about having to bring players in and, and the amount of turnover that you're going to have to have. So, um, so yeah, so they've, they've done a fantastic job to close that gap and to to really um, to get tighter to them and then to actually go ahead and win the league and, and overtake them and win the league. So, um, it's a fantastic job that the club have done and, and obviously massive credit to to the people involved in terms of the recruitment side of things and um, yeah and I think I don't know whether that was you know did Celtic take the off the ball I don't know um, you know there was, there was such a big gap so um, you know they've done they've done remarkably well to, to get now and be, be um, the team that's that's actually leading from the front now Wasn't that long after you left that um I say Alfredo Morelos arrived in Govan John. Um, he still somehow manages to split opinion, but there's no doubt he's kind of rediscovered a bit of form under Gio Van Bronckhurst. What, what do you make of uh, Morelos and his importance to this Rangers team? I actually, I, I really like uh, Alfredo. I think he's, a, I think he's a really well-rounded striker. I think he has that little bit of an edge to him, which I think you have to have as a striker. I think you have to have that um, to play. At a club like Rangers, you know you have to be able to to brush off the I suppose the the the, the people that don't like you. It's always going to happen. So, um, so yeah, look, he, he he scores goals. He scored really important goals for the club, um, and I think he'll continue to do that. I know there was a lot of speculation about him leaving, which obviously it can can um, affect you, I suppose. So. Um, so yeah, listen. I, I think he's. I think he's been a, a great asset and a great, a great player for the club. And I think he's he's got plenty more to give there. I'll just just finish, uh, John. Just then, just uh, can you just bring us up to speed with what you're doing now and how life's treating you and across the, the sea. Yeah, so I was. I spent obviously the last season now in Finland with Jonathan Johansson um, at mm-hmm. TPS. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd planned on staying under a year out there, um, and I. Then had an opportunity to come in as the assistant at, at St Patrick's Athletic, so um, it was a a good opportunity for me to to get probably closer to home and um, to to step up in my in my view in terms of the league. Um, so so yeah, so it's it's been a it's been a really good good move for me just now. Um, we're right in the middle of our pre-season just at the moment. Our, our league starts at the beginning of February, so we're we're obviously looking at bringing in players and, and trying to get the recruitment right and um yeah so it's it's been it's been an interesting one it's obviously I'm from Dublin but I've I've never played professionally in Ireland I've never coached professionally in Ireland so it's a it's kind of another market I've obviously had an eye always had an eye on the the game over here but I've I've obviously never experienced it so it's um it's been good for me as a coach to come in and and to see what the standard is actually like and it's it's been a, a really good uh, pleasant surprise. The standard is decent, um, as you've probably seen from the players that that Celtic have signed recently. A couple of pl- couple of players from across here, and mm-hmm. we've had um, we've had a couple of in a couple of bits of interest ourselves from for two of our younger players as well. So um, it's 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 decent, and it's 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 something that I think this, the age kind of profile over here is a lot 
a lot lower. Um, so we're, we're working with younger players and, and trying to help them on their pathway to, to developing careers in the game. But it works. Um, I think you beat a couple of Scottish clubs to Mark Doyle, the signing of Mark Doyle, the striker. Um, is that right, John? <laughs> Mark, Mark Doyle, yes, we signed Mark Doyle and we've obviously signed, uh, we've just recently signed Owen Doyle, so just, that's caused a bit of confusion around the training ground when you shout Doyle or the two of them just look around at you. So, um, <laughs> as well. But, but do you think yeah. it seems to be an increasingly um, growing market for Scottish clubs to go and, and plunder? I know Jim Goodwin's done it to good effect at St Mirren yeah. and Graham Alexander at Motherwell's shown more and more interest in it and a few other clubs. Do you think that is yeah. the way forward or more Scottish clubs should be looking at the Irish League? I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how much of an effect the Brexit has had on it. Um, whether that now has made it you know, more difficult to go and look outside of um, you know, the UK and Ireland and it's maybe a little bit more difficult now to actually go and get you know, younger players from Europe. So they're maybe starting to look across at Ireland a bit more. I think the recent success of the likes of Dundalk um, in the Europa League, getting to the group stages, has probably brought a bit more profile to the league as well. Um, and and then obviously, as I said, you look at Celtic have gone and signed Liam Scales and, and, and Johnny Kenny from, from Sligo and Shamrock Rovers. So, um, so yeah, so it, it kind of makes it look like you know there are there are um, opportunities for Scottish Scottish um, based teams to come over and and you know look at younger players here. As I said, we've got we've got one kid in our team that that has generated a bit of interest in Scotland as well. Um, and then we've got we've got another youngster that we've we've had interest as well from Italy. So it's it's definitely a, a growing market. It's it's one where I think the players when I was younger in Ireland, you probably didn't have. The pathway through to to League of Ireland, um, it was more you went across to the UK at a young age and and tried to forge a career there. But I think a lot of younger players now are are staying longer over here to do their their finish their school off and um, and then as I said, the pathway now through to the League of Ireland is as um, is more clear and it's it's actually changed with the change in the youth side of things where the League of Ireland teams have teams now in the youth setup as well so um so there's a definite pathway for the guys to actually come through any exclusives here who's a player in your squad that's getting interest no i won't i won't be divulging that um you know i probably should because i might generate a bit more interest but um oh, yeah. no i don't want to put any added pressure on on the kids he's uh, he's doing well and long may that continue Brilliant, that's great. John, listen, thanks a lot for your time. I really no appreciate you taking the time out to join us today. I really appreciate that. And good luck uh, when the season kicks off. Brilliant. Thanks very much, lads. Appreciate that. All the best, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Take care.